In this week's episode, I'm joined by Irma Ashara, Associate Facilitator at Equality Institute. This week, our conversation is about Walmart's free college tuition program expanding, Delta's new seat for accessibility, and much more. Hey there, my name is Bernadette Smith. Welcome to Five Things in 15 Minutes, my weekly show where I bring good vibes to DEI. That is good vibes to diversity, equity, and inclusion with a little dash of corporate social responsibility. What I've found is that there are lots of news stories about what's going wrong in the world and lots of negative data, but there are also a lot of things going right. That's what I like to focus on. I search for DEI stories that we can be inspired by and learn from. My hope is to inspire you to experiment with some of these inclusive actions and policies within your own organization to help you build a more inclusive world. Let's get started. Irma, happy Monday. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I, we, I've, First of all, I love working with you. So thank you so much for joining me and thank you so much for uh, everything you bring to our clients. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I really enjoy having these conversations. I think talking about what is going right in DEI is really important. So I'm just so excited to, to be here today to um, have this conversation with you. Thank you. Hey, will you tell me uh, before we really get into the good vibes, how are you celebrating Pride? Wow. Um, so, it, you know, when I think about like celebrating pride um, in this month particular, I just always want to be around like my friends and community um, and to be outside, especially in Chicago. It's finally warming up and I just want to be outside. I spent this past weekend at the beach just like enjoying just seeing people be visible. I think when uh, how I just celebrate pride is just being more present and just like noticing how people are living their like daily lives. I saw like a black queer person like riding their bike down the street in just this pleasant way and it just warms me. And so that's how I just, how I celebrate pride is being more present. Of course, going out, all the parties and all the all the things, but just like noticing the people around me uh, that just like show up in the world in a very beautiful way. I love that, and I and I love the energy that you bring to this work to our clients and and how you show up. You show up with the spirit of joy. You show up with the spirit of positivity, which aligns very well, obviously, with the work we do and our perspective on things. So so thank you for that. And, you know, last week when I was writing the newsletter, I gave you a shout out because the way you're showing up and that positivity that you're bringing to Pride is something that I'm benefiting from because it's really easy to be discouraged with all the anti-LGBTQ laws being passed. So thank you for being a model for me in how to stay positive and find joy even when things can be bleak at times. So what I wrote about as the intro story in this week's newsletter was about a man who was an early leadership influence on me, someone that um, he was my boss for a while when I was in high school, but he was, um, I worked at a pharmacy. He was my dad's best friend. He co-owned the pharmacy. And when he wasn't working during the day and he had a night shift, he was a volunteer painter and he painted places like senior homes and low-income facilities and transitional housing and, and all these places he would just volunteer to paint. 
And uh, he really inspired me in terms of my own leadership journey to think about leadership as service and to bring humility to leadership. And he certainly was a very humble man with his paint splattered glasses and paint splattered pickup truck and and all of the work that he did really showed up with a sense of humility. So I'm wondering, Irma, who was an early leadership influence on you? How did you start to learn your amazing leadership skills? Oh, wow. I, I learned my amazing leadership skills from my mom. If you talk to me, I talk about my mom a lot because I want to say like even she was my first job. I was just like also like being her personal assistant. And so like she taught me how to to not only like speak, but like speak professionally. And so the way that she shows up in the world is exactly like uh, the, you know, guy. And so like, it was just that, like she taught me how to volunteer on the weekend. Like I spent the weekends volunteering at veterinarian offices or, or building playgrounds for, for kids for accessibility so that they can play with other kids on the playground. So like she taught me that yes, life is like worth living, but like, also give back to people. And she did it just in everyday life. Like, I, you know, my, my parents used to like get on me a little bit because I'd be at school wanting to buy books. But if my friends couldn't get books from the book fair, I didn't feel good getting books. So I'd come home with a list of like, my friends wanted these books. Can you get them for them? And so like, it just was instilled in me from a very early age. And so that's just how I show up as a, as a leader. Like, we're in this together and I'm here to support the people around me so that we can move forward and progress. Awesome. I I totally agree. I mean, we're going to go farther together when we go together and the, certainly the, I continue to be reminded of our common humanity. Right. And I think reminders of that are what build empathy and what build equity. You know, when we have those, when we spend time in service with others, we're more able to see the gaps. We're more able to see the opportunities and ways to create equity within our own lot, within our own systems. And so I think it's really important to to stay connected to all of that, especially when we're in this work. For sure. For sure. All right. So let's move into this week's good vibes. The first story comes from Walmart, which has a free college tuition program called Live Better You. That tuition program offers learning paths, college preparation classes, degree programs to Walmart employees through partnerships with Morehouse and other colleges and universities, including some historically black colleges and universities. So now this awesome program, which has been participated in by more than 100,000 associates, now it's expanding to Canada. So I love I love this program in general. I love Walmart's continued investment in it. And I think it's just a great, great program. Yeah, it really sounds like an amazing program, especially like when you go into Walmart, you see who who is working there. A lot of, in my experience, are Black workers. So being able, one, to just uh, have access to historically Black colleges through this program and the expansion to Canada and the continued investment, like you said, is just truly inspiring. Uh, So it was just wonderful just to read up on that. Awesome. 
Yeah, I agree, especially because a lot of times, like you said, frontline employees are disproportionately BIPOC, they're disproportionately low income, they're disproportionately undervalued and underinvested, yet they saved us during COVID. Like we needed them. And I'm I'm really proud to see or happy to see a lot more resources redirected towards them because I think that they've historically been taken for granted. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also for it to be like uh, like online learning, you know, when you're working at those those jobs, those laborious jobs, you know, you don't have access to go in person all the time or the time to do that. So to be able to learn on, on your own time and, you know, have it be flexible um, is really important for thinking of like accessibility for people to like continue their education. Absolutely. And of course, the benefit for Walmart is employees who are more likely to stick around. So higher retention rates and making it a more attractive place to work. So especially during a competitive job market. So wins all around. Okay. The second story comes from the Grace Hopper Celebration, which is a prominent technology conference. So what they have decided is that their planned September conference, which is going to be held in Florida, will happen. But due to Florida's anti-diversity legislation and state-mandated restrictions, the conference organizers have decided to move subsequent years' conferences away from Florida unless that legislation is overturned and the state becomes more welcoming to us all. And this is a really big, big conference. So I, I would love to see more of this happen. Yeah, I, I too would love to see more of this happen because when these conferences and these places like bringing, knowing who um, are going to be in attendance and bringing them into these like states that aren't welcoming and putting them in harm's way. And so like rethinking of like what, not only changing like the landscape of what, you know, Florida looked like, but also keeping in mind, like who who's gonna be inten- attending and their safety. Exactly, because at the end of the day, this is all about safety, right? And so when the state of Florida and other states are restricting the rights of people, um, not just LGBTQ plus people, but other people as well, mm-hmm. when they are restricting these rights, when they're really setting a stake in the ground and taking away DEI funding from public universities, they're really saying to folks from historically marginalized backgrounds, you're not safe here. We don't want you to show up authentically. We want you to assimilate, right? Essentially, that's what they want is assimilation and homogeneity. Yeah. And it's totally a political issue. I, sorry, I, I can get I can get really worked up about this. <laughs> oh, no, I, I could too. I'm just like, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, I'm from the South. And so being when I when I see these like laws being passed and legislation being proposed, it really is disheartening um, to feel like I I don't, I can't go back home or I don't, you know, I'm not going to be safe to go back home or, you know, to be close to my family. And so it's just really disheartening um, to see, but stories like this really inspire that like people are speaking up and hopefully something will change um, in, in those areas. Yeah, it's this kind of pressure is what causes the change, right? Pressure that involves dollars. Mm-hmm. 
All right. The third story comes from the Biden-Harris administration, which announced a whole bunch of new actions to protect LGBTQI plus communities in response to the anti-LGBTQ state legislations being passed around the country. So there's a big list of commitments and actions developed to safeguard rights, support LGBTQ plus youth and address book bans. So they're doing a lot of things within their own control to try to say, you know what, even if on the state level, you can't be safe. We're looking out for ways to uh, support you on the federal level. Yeah, federal pr- protection is extremely important. So seeing more important, it, right? More important. And so seeing this really uh, was hard. Like it, it really just got to my heart uh, a bit um, because it was a, a lot. It was a, 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 a you know things that they were uh, proposing. Exactly. All right. So in, let's move on to something that's not LGBTQ plus related. Uh, Delta Airlines is developing a f- new first of its kind airline seat that allows wheelchair users to stay in their chairs. So this involves a partnership with a UK firm called Air for All and involves modifying the seat to accommodate a wheelchair, eliminating the need for passengers to transfer to an airline provided wheelchair. So it improves accessibility, reduces the risk of damage to expensive and personalized mobility devices, and just makes it better for folks to get around. You know, when I saw this, I was like, about time, you know, you know, about time. And, and, you know, it's great that it's happening right now. um, Because I think it also just offers people like autonomy and dignity to be able to move around and, um, and of course, you know, not damage the very expensive uh, wheelchairs and devices. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, and uh, by the way, I'm aware of my privilege that I don't even need to worry about this, right? So my mobility privilege, just want to acknowledge that as I talk about that story. All right. The fifth and last story this week comes from Portugal, which just launched a government-funded four-day workweek trial. So it's the latest country to experiment with a four-day workweek using a six-month pilot program in collaboration with four-day workweek global, where 39 private sector businesses will implement a four-day workweek without reducing employee pay. Mm. Yeah. You know, send me to Portugal. (laughs) <laughs> right. Um, you know, that is just uh amazing to to see. Um, you know, I in in the article in the uh, newsletter where it said 72% of Portuguese labor force workers work over 40 hours per week. And that's third um behind US and Ireland. So just seeing, you know, that being you know, with that such high number that they're looking to see what they can do to change that, it was absolutely inspiring. Absolutely, because the whole idea here is to reduce stress, to reduce burnout and improve worker retention. So it's the pilot has worked well in other countries like the UK. So hopefully we will start to see this have a ripple effect, not just throughout the rest of Portugal, but throughout the rest of the world and maybe one day even here in the US. Yes. Well, 
if that happens, people can certainly read about it in the Five Things newsletter or hear about it right here on Five Things in 15 Minutes. This week's call to action is to learn about Gina Rosero, the Filipina transgender fashion model and activist. And she has a new book out called Horse Barbie, which I'll plan to read after I'm finished Elliot Page's memoir, Page Boy, which I'm currently reading. Um, so check out Horse Barbie. Read about Gina Rosero. You can read about more her about more in the show notes. Check it out. And Irma, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been fun. I really appreciate you filling in. Of course. Thank you for having me. And for folks who don't already get the Five Things newsletter, you can subscribe at fivethingsdei.com. Thanks a lot. Have a great week. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Five Things in 15 Minutes. I hope you found yourself inspired by at least one of this week's stories. If you did, would you mind sharing it with a colleague and leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform? And if you don't already get my Five Things newsletter, join at fivethingsdei.com. I'm Bernadette Smith, and I'll see you next week right here for Five Things in 15 Minutes, bringing good vibes to DEI.